38-24, the final Oregon beats Washington State in a good but not great performance at Autzen Stadium. Full reaction. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for a reaction edition of Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post-football viewing of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show as the Ducks move to 6-1 and one and are on to Utah. This episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 and bonus bets guaranteed visit fandle.com slash locked on to get started it was not pretty it was a pretty sluggish start as a matter of fact and, and oregon trailed 10 to 3 and then at one point in time led the game by uh, over 20 points so i think that this is a fine performance from oregon it's not a bad one by the way i know there's Going to be plenty of talk, and we'll get to that uh, on on this show uh, and Monday as well about the defense and everything. But like, here's here's what you have to realize: really good teams, great teams, above average teams are capable of playing a B minus game against a solid opponent and winning by two scores. That's what Oregon did here. They were sloppy. They got off to a slow start. Cam Ward was not under pressure all day. Washington State gave them a couple of gifts, by the way, with a drop pass on a flea flicker and a subsequent horrible fourth down call. Oregon was ready to take advantage, though, and did a lot of things right. Now, something that they, that they did not do right were the penalties. Only 45 yards, but there were seven of them in the game. You'd like to see that get cleaned up. A Johnny Cornelius had a tough day, but there are way more positives than, than negatives here. So, what I like doing on these reaction shows is kind of perusing the box score basically for the first time, seeing what stands out compared with uh, what I watched. We have two really good running backs. Did you guys know that? We're going to talk more about Bucky Irving later, but we got two of them. And sadly, Noah Whittington's hurt or else we'd have three. But boy, Jordan James, quite good. Both guys over 100 yards. Tez Johnson had a big, big day. Bo Nix quietly goes 18 to 25 for 293 and two scores with a rushing touchdown. Just <laughs> that's the sort of standard that he has set. Like that, that, that is a ridiculously high bar where he's not the story after going for 293 and two scores. And again, uh, no turnovers. He didn't spread the ball around quite as much in this game. He also didn't need to, you know, throw the ball quite as many times, but I think that Oregon overall in this game, look, you can look at the defense and say they played horribly. Yes and no. Cameron Ward is a really good football player when he is on, and he was on. Now, Oregon allowed for him to be on by not pressuring him. However, when you look at some of the throws that he made in this football game, it was crazy. I mean, to get the field goal before the half, Dante Manning is blanketing Kyle Williams. You can't put that ball in a better spot. Straight up, period, point blank, end of story. He made some other throws on the run. He had some elusive moments where even when Oregon did have pressure, and by the way, they had six sacks in the game. Six sacks. Does that surprise you? It surprises me a little bit, but Oregon was in his face. He's just elusive, right? It's one of the reasons that Bo Nix, who was not sacked today again, is not sacked very often. It's a combination of a good offensive line, but also 
a quarterback who's mobile and avoid sacks. I tell you, I think the most impressive play that I saw from Cameron Ward was it was third and something as they were, I think, going down and ended up settling for the field goal. And Tatum Tuioti was coming right in his face and he pulled it out of the running back's stomach and just slung it sidearm off to his right into the flat, perfect throw, first down. He has an elite arm. He is a high-level talent, an NFL-level talent. And no, he should not have been able to go for 438 yards in this game. But think about the last time a quarterback went for over 400 yards inside Autzen Stadium. It was Michael Penix last year. Again, an NFL guy. So it's not like you're, you know, USC's defense or anything, giving up a bunch of yards to a backup quarterback. We're going to go up against that same backup quarterback next week. Hopefully, I don't have to eat my words. But... Cameron Ward and Michael Penix are really talented guys, and it's a product of the same issue, which was a lack of pass rush, which I think has been much better this season. In you know, against Washington, it was solid, though not great. And against Washington State, it was, again, solid, but not great. Like six sacks is a lot. 48 dropbacks for Cameron Ward overall and 438 yards. But, it, you know, those guys are making some big-time throws, and sometimes you just got to tip your cap. The other thing to consider, too, and why I'm not that worried about the defense here, Oregon was without their two starting corners for a lot of this game. I have no idea what's going on with Jaleel Florence. He just didn't play really in the first half. Then he enters the game in the second half and immediately makes a sack that leads to a Bucky Irving touchdown. Shocker. That was peculiar. I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't know if there is you know something we don't know about a rules violation. I have no idea. Uh, Kyrie Jackson, though, was expected to play, did not. That's par for the course for Dan Lanning and company, keeping it tight to the chest when it comes to injuries. And we don't know these sorts of things. Oregon was was without their first uh, was was without their starting corners for a lot of this game. At first, I didn't think it was a problem. I my reaction was, well, there's just not enough pass rush. Then we saw a couple plays where it became a problem. So. One of them I want to talk about is that long pass before the half given up by Dante Manning. Dante Manning, the former five-star recruit, has simply put not lived up to the billing. I was not someone who, you know, for the nth time said this is the year he's going to pop. Like, he just is what he is, which is a solid power five football player, by the way. Just not the, the, the type that he was billed up to be. Before the half, he is in perfect position. He is stride for stride with Kyle Williams. But just like last week against Washington, for some reason, he's got no ball skills. He cannot get his head around to swat the ball away. I I think this happened last year against Cal too. Jack Plummer hit a big pass early in the game and Manning was like kind of beaten on the play, but not really. And and the good throw ends up beating him, but he's not able to get his hand on the football. He, He just, that's just not something he does exceptionally well. Still, the secondary had its struggles, but at the end of the day, like I know that Washington State put up a touchdown in garbage time and Lanning said he wasn't happy about it and everything. Washington State, when it counted, 16 points, no touchdowns in the second half. So I, I, I know the numbers, like I always say, stats are a starting point, not an end point. I, I lean positive on the defense here. Six sacks. Was the pressure actually that good? No, it was not. But 438 yards should yield you more than 16 points when the game actually counts. Not, you know, a touchdown when the game is already over. Like that means absolutely nothing to me. 
Everybody's thrown in the towel. I just want to avoid injuries, get out, win the game. I don't care about covering the spread with which Washington State did uh, with that last touchdown there. But that is of no concern to me whatsoever. Oregon had already decided the game. They held Washington State to field goals, got off the field on a fourth down a couple times. Washington State in this game, remember how frustrated we were with the third down defense last year? Remember how bad it was? outside of the top 120 of like 130 or so in all of college football, Washington state in this football game, one of four on fourth down. I'll take that defensively four of 14 on third down. Oregon dominated the money downs here. No fourth down attempts. And Oregon was five of 10 offensively on third down. Guess what? If you go 50% and your opponent is four for 14, I think that's like, it's under 30% for sure. You're going to win the football game a lot of the time. And 495 yards, nope, doesn't look great. Not going to help the end-of-season statistics. But at what point in time did you feel the defense cost us an opportunity to pull away? I never felt that. Not a single solitary time. The offense just took too long to kick into gear. But eventually it did on the back of one Bucky Irving. My gosh, that guy's a good football player who, man... He just seems to keep on getting better. He just keeps on keeping on, you know, and man, did he look positively fantastic. He deserves a big shout out, just like BetterHelp, which can help you if you want to, because if you've considered giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's the way to go. This episode of Locked on Ducks brought to you by BetterHelp. So if you feel like your head is just getting in the way, you can't quiet down the thoughts, you're just overthinking stuff all the time and you know what you should do you know what's good for you but you just can't do it better help can help you get there therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself which is a nice change of pace if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try make your brain your friend with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash locked on college Oregon was favored by our friends over at FanDuel by 20 points 19 and a half depending on where you looked the old backdoor cover Vegas is undefeated and FanDuel is undefeated at being America's number one sports book right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action spreads player props over unders and more they've got it all Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. They've got college football too. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. And yes, I'm curious what our friends at FanDuel are going to do with the Oregon at Utah line next week. Should be interesting. I love a second segment sip that is victorious. I like doing that after a win rather than after a loss. Much preferable. Southern Utah's coach told me uh, going into their their game tonight, which was an absolute thriller. Um, you know, they'd won before their bye week. And I said, how'd it feel, uh, you know, sitting on that win during the bye week? And he goes, beats the alternative. Fact check, true. So Oregon 6-1 and one on the back of Bucky Irving. Now, Bonex was great. The offensive line was really good. Penalty problems, going to have to clean that up. But B- Bucky Irving, man... That guy is so good. And he, I, I think this was the best game I've seen him play. And Oregon needed it. The offense was stalling. It was sluggish. Jordan James was kind of an energy spark in there. But at, at the end of the day, it was Buck Irving that made this team go. And Bo Nix was great. Irving, 180 total yards. 129 on the ground on just 15 touches. Eight and a half yards of carry. Goodness gracious. Two scores. 
the long touchdown reception on the most hilarious play I've seen in a long time. I tell you, Washington State should just avoid the left sideline going towards the end zone down there. In that end zone, they've just had a couple of moments that have gone viral and not in a good way for the Cougs. So they should just stay away from it defensively. But Bucky Irving, I, I mean, he is explosive, dynamic, makes great cuts, makes great reads. My favorite touchdown of his was a 43-yarder to put Oregon up two touchdowns in the second half. So the play was a counter, one that Oregon had run several times in the game successfully. And he knew it was a counter, but his vision is amazing. His balance, his strength, his explosiveness that looks like it has an extra jump to it. I mean, he's just so dynamic and versatile and, and outstanding, was great in pass protection, protection today as well. But on this counterplay, he is supposed to start left and come back to the right. But he sees immediately and trusts his eyes with what he is seeing, which is a lane to the left where the pulling uh, lineman and a tight end were vacating. He goes to it, and there's only one defender left between him and the end zone, and he jukes him out of his shoes. I mean, you can't do it any better than that. And then he's off, and he's got the speed to break away. I, I mean, he has just been so impressive. And, and Bo Nix is at the center <clears throat> excuse me, of everything Oregon is doing, but Bucky Irving feels like the engine making the offense go right now. And, and by the way, Got to credit the big boys up front. That offensive line, they deserve their flowers as well. They got off to a bad start in this game. Oregon trailed 10-3. You know what jump-started everything? The running game. Jordan James. And then Bucky Irving came along. And Bucky was great. And Bo Nix isn't having to run the football as much, which I really like because that keeps him healthy and behind center. His touchdown at the end of the game to Tez Johnson, that's a big-time throw. That is a great throw and outstanding out standing throw and catch from Bo Nix to his brother, Tez Johnson loved that feature that they had on him. And I, I just, everything about Bo Nix continues to be exactly what it is every week. He's the same guy. He's just in command, in control, protecting the football, making explosive plays, making good throws. He wasn't perfect. He was, it was far from perfect, but you know, the third and five. Uh, so the, the sequence that everyone got frustrated with the play calling about was the opening drive of the third quarter. Oregon comes out trying to run the ball on first down, a Johnny Cornelius false start, backs us up, then throw the football. I like that. Quick hitter, get the yards back. Then they have second and seven. RPO, Bonix makes the right read, Troy Franklin first down. Okay, then they throw it again, five yards, second and five. Should have run the football there. Dialed up an RPO. And Bo Nix decided to take a deep shot to Tez Johnson. Now, Tez could have hauled in that ball. It, it was a catchable pass. And it was really good coverage. So it was incomplete. There should not even have been an option to throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage on that second and five with the way Oregon had run the ball in the half, in, in, in the first half, that is. And then third and five came around, and Bo Nix had Troy Franklin, but he was late getting it to him on the slant. He threw it behind, and Oregon had to punt. Didn't end up costing him. They downed it inside the five. Quick stop. And then Oregon got it to Bucky Irving and yada, yada, yada. Touchdown Ducks. But that was the worst play calling sequence for sure. I'm sure some people like my thoughts on that. That's how I feel. Um, I, I did not 
largely object to play calling or have issues here or there. I try not to be that sort of guy because we don't know even one one hundredth of the information that an offensive coordinator knows. There were, however, a couple of clear missteps that people who do know football, like Jeff Schwartz, for instance, are you know calling out during the game and saying like, "What are we doing here?" So it's not as if we're always wrong, but I always try to you know go easy on that sort of stuff because there are a million different things that go into a certain play call. But on second and five, after you ran the ball eight times for a 75-yard touchdown drive to end the first half, yeah, that ball should just be handed off and say, okay, Washington State, show me you can stop the run. So didn't care for that. But then we got the ball to Bucky Irving, and everything was great. So this is a good win for Oregon, not a great one, because they just didn't quite – play their best brand of football. Lanning said, you know, we still haven't played a complete game. I agree. I have not seen a, a complete game. Washington, honestly, was pretty close. Huskies are in a dogfight with Arizona State as I record this right now. I want to check the score of that one. I I am beyond shocked that that game is uh, close. Arizona State is beat. Boy, by the time you listen to this, you'll know the outcome. Well, some of you will, not everybody. Arizona State is up 7-3 to three at Washington late in the third quarter, Sun Devil football. That Arizona State defense, boy, hmm, that's nasty. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I think that the Ducks did not play a great game, still ended up winning by two possessions, overcame another slow start uh, that I, I would like to see get, get rid of, a couple of penalties that were pretty costly at times. Um, but I, I think overall – this is a good performance for the Ducks, and I feel good going into Utah. I, I feel good going into Utah. Bucky Irving, by the way, appears to be healthy. That was it. I I was so nervous when he was down on the ground. It was full on Lion King mode of get up, please, please, please get up. And he did. Looks to be okay. Dan Lanning says he'll be fine. All systems go. It would appear not that we would know if he is hurt. I suppose, because that's the way landing operates, which is fine. Um, I, I, I think that if Oregon has him against Utah, I feel a lot more confident because he's just such an awesome football player and he's just doing everything and explosive plays, short yardage plays, getting extra yards. He's a culture setter. I, I, I just, I look at what he has done this year offensively and I love everything about it. I love, I love everything about what he's doing right now, what he means to the offense, what he means to the football team. So I was getting ready, by the way, speaking of the culture, uh, to call Southern Utah's football game, which was crazy. They lost, unfortunately, but it was a crazy, crazy double overtime football game that was certainly fun to call. And on my way to the stadium, I'm listening to Jerry Allen and Georgie, who's been on the show before, on the radio broadcast. And something that I hadn't heard before at that specific moment is that on the radio broadcast for the ducks they tune in to shout and it's just awesome it made me so happy the stadium was rocking they were fantastic they brought it in key moments i mean it was a deafening crowd and i think that it was a really really awesome environment for oregon to play in front of and next week it's going to be that way in the opposite direction utah is going to be tough they are going to be tough. So how do we feel right now going into Utah? 
after that win. I feel good because I got bird dog shorts. That's not reflective of how I feel about the Utes, which I'll get to in just a moment. But bird dog shorts make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, except they fit way better. And they fit better than regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dog shorts go everywhere. You can wear them swimming, hiking, jogging, walking, lounging, golfing, on a date. Do whatever you want with them. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So Utah beat USC. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, Just because USC can certainly get on people's nerves. And they are being humbled in a major way at the moment. And they lost to Utah again. First conference loss for the Trojans. So they've got the same number of Pac-12 losses as we do. But Utah, 3-1 and one in conference play. Bryson Barnes went for 235 yards and three touchdowns. Utah ran for 247 yards on the Trojans. So I, I bring this up because this is Oregon's opponent next week. At Rice-Eccles up in Salt Lake City, going to be a difficult game. Unfortunately, the timing conflicts with the Southern Utah game. SEU plays early afternoon. So do the Ducks, which is tough. If this were a late-night game, I'd be going. Unfortunately, it's not, which I'm high-key pretty bummed about. If Southern Utah played at 1, and this was like a 7 o'clock Mountain Time kickoff, if we had a late-night game, or even a 6 o'clock, I mean... I would like to have gone. I would like to have been able to go. Sadly, I cannot. But Utah is not going to kill Oregon through the air the way that Cameron Ward did. Even if Cameron Rising comes back, which seems unlikely, the the latest talk is surrounding whether or not he's going to medically redshirt, not whether or not he's going to play. So I, I do not expect Cam Rising to play. I do expect Utah to be a tough opponent, and we should not, should not, I repeat, should not underestimate them just because they have a backup quarterback. USC clearly did, and guess what? They lost 34-32 at home on a game-winning field goal from the Utes. Bryson Barnes is not going to light up Oregon. They don't have elite receivers, but they've got a really good offensive line, and they've got a really good football coach. And they've got a good defense. It'll be the best defense Oregon has played all season long by far. Better than Washington, better than Texas Techs, better than Wazoos. So it's going to be a significant test. I feel good about Oregon's prospects of winning the game because of the quarterback advantage. But make no mistake about it. This is not going to be a Utah team that is destined to go, you know, eight and four because they don't have a backup quarterback that's competent. No, they do. Bryson Barnes almost won a Rose Bowl. He won at Pullman a year ago. Just beat USC on the road. The guy can do enough. He won't do a lot, but he can do enough. And this game is going to come down to the trenches, because if Oregon wins in the trenches, if they run on Utah and the Utes can't run a whole heck of a lot, I like Oregon to win by a couple scores. But if that doesn't happen, and there is no guarantee that it will, because Utah is a really good football team. If Cam Rising was healthy, Utah would be undefeated right now inside the top 10 and one of the favorites to get to the college football playoff. That is 100% where they would be. 
but they don't have Cam Rising, which is unfortunate for the Utes because he's a really good player and they've got a really good team. Really, really good. Whittingham is an outstanding football coach. Just out coach Lincoln Riley again. I, I mean, that, that that's an embarrassing loss for USC. Caleb Williams against Bryson Barnes at home off of a 48 to 20 beatdown in South Bend. You know why they got embarrassed? Because Utah is good. Utah is good. I like where the Ducks are at. I do. You have to clean this stuff up. The penalties, the slow starts, the the lack of consistent pressure, that's all got to be there, no doubt. But even if they do all that, Utah's a really good football team. And before the season, that was a game that I had picked for for one of Oregon's two regular season losses when I made my regular season prediction, which was 10-2. and two. That was with Cam Rising at the helm. Without Cam Rising, I do like Oregon. But I, I, I'm just, my reaction here to the Oregon game and the Utah game is do not look at the Utes and just think of them as Bryson Barnes and a backup quarterback. That's not what they are. They're a great football team that's a good quarterback away from being a bona fide playoff contender, dare I say the favorite. Lest we forget, they're the two-time reigning Pac-12 champs. So that's everything for today. Drop your questions below. If you want priority mailbag access, join the Locked On Ducks subtext community. Link in the description below wherever you listen to or watch this show or go to lock, or subtext.com slash Locked On Ducks to become a Locked On Ducks insider. See you here on Monday. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, go Ducks.